Hey, hey, hey there, everybody. It's Baron, and welcome back to Deep Shit. Um, today is my good friend, Eliza Skinner, again, and we're going to get into that in just a bit, but I want to give a couple uh, Twitter shout-outs to uh, my boy Jeremy Oblivion for giving a shout-out to Deep Shit, and also uh, Ninja Jenny and uh, Gregory Santos. Hey, guys, I'm glad that you listen, so... At least I know there's three people listening. <laughs> so help spread the word, motherfuckers, and leave some comments and leave some uh, uh, reviews and whatnot um, and uh, ratings and all that crap. I, I think it helps. I, I don't know anymore. Um, I am currently in Canada. I'm about to drive to Seattle. Um, it was a show I forgot to promote on the damn podcast. That's my bad. I'm uh, driving to Seattle, or Seattle, where I'm going to meet up with my friends Brian Cook and Maria Heinig, and we're going to do a show uh, that Brian organized. I'm basically workshopping this new hour of material that I've uh, created since my album. And uh, it's, a, it's a little deeper, it's a little darker, at least I hope it is. And um, you'll be seeing it soon. Once I wrap my TV show in March, I'm going to be um, all over the country. I already got some uh, dates coming in for Seattle and Austin, um, Atlanta, uh, Minneapolis and San Francisco, you know, some some all great cities that I'm happy to go to and and do some stand up for the great people that live in those cities. Anyway, um, oh another thing, I had mentioned having a podcast with my friend Ryan Hamilton. That is not going to happen. Ryan happened to be in Vancouver. He came over. We had an interesting talk about faith, and since I. Uh, do not have my producer, Katie Levine, in Vancouver. Um, there were some errors that happened, and the entire podcast is lost forever. Which is fine. Which is fine. Because Ryan and I will get to do that again, and we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll do it better. We'll get deeper with that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm out. I'm out. Um, anyway, back to today's episode. Eliza Skinner, my good friend. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this talk that I had with Eliza on the subject of negativity. Not negativity. <laughs> Why did I say that? I am suddenly ashamed. Negativity. And um, it's not, oh, you shouldn't be negative, but it is embrace your negativity. Um, that you can learn from it, you know, uh, but there's, of course, the error of just being a negative person where you um, you dwell on your negativity, but if you learn how to fucking read it, then your negativity can serve you and make you more of a positive person, or at least a balanced person, okay? It's like positivity versus negativity. You don't have to be to one extreme, find the freaking balance, because we're human fucking beings. Am I right, motherfuckers? Anyway, um... I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, I know that I had a great time talking to Eliza. I always do. And, um, yeah, check her out if you can. ElizaSkinner.net, I think. And if I'm wrong, fucking just Google her name. Okay? Bye. Either of those things. I did an improv show one time uh, in front of, and there, there was a girl in the front row who was in a wheelchair, and uh, the other girl in the, in the show with me was... Uh, making fun of people in wheelchairs the whole time and she could see her and like just couldn't stop like the whole time the front of her brain yeah and she was like looking at me like stop me stop me how do i stop saying this and i could wait a minute she was making fun of people in wheelchairs like just lots of wheelchair jokes and the well, improv she, she was playing someone in a wheelchair it was like no one will ever love me because i'm in a wheelchair <laughs> it was terrible and she knew it was ter- she was like i don't know why i'm doing this make it stop and then afterwards she was the, thinking so hard about yeah, the things like, not don't to say, say this, don't that say her this. brain was like here it yeah. is and afterwards the girl in the wheelchair came up to us and was like that was the best thing i've ever seen so <laughs> she was like no one will ever love well, well, it might have partly been like people normally are so not including, not not willing to make any kind of jokes about anyone in a wheelchair. Anyone in a wheelchair that it's like, oh, that it's a form of like inclusion. Who was I talking to recently that that was something that happened at a comedy show that they had? It was a stand-up show, and there was someone in the front that was in a wheelchair, and the person came up afterwards, like, I can't believe you didn't say anything. Oh, about yeah. me or wheelchairs or anything i was like right there man <laughs> <laughs> yeah am i do i not exist yeah well i mean unless that person called out something about everyone else in the crowd i don't think that that's that bad but if they were like you you're you're a native american boy you guys like maize you you're 
<laughs> on crutches, boy, you guys got four legs. Do people call you that? Four legs? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And then skip the wheelchair lady. That would be yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think that sometimes, though, that because people have, and I've said it before, that like stand-up is become such a part of culture that stand-up itself has become fodder for stand-up. Yeah. Because everybody knows it now. Yeah. I and that's why people come to shows and they, they sit in the front because they want to be talked about. Yeah. It's like, I'm not Lisa Lampanelli. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, it's, there's such different types of stand-up. Exactly. Just because you're going to a stand-up show doesn't mean you're going to see somebody who is good at crowd work or enjoys that. And that's, it's, like, it's like after a stand-up show being like, where were your puppets? Like, oh, that's not necessarily <laughs> part of what I do. So that guy that said that dumb thing, that was a plant, right? <laughs> oh, God. Had you guys figured that out? Yay, tours with I me. I want to start doing that because they always think that it's a plant. So uh, so I should start planting people to heckle me very specifically. Well, do you remember the, um, what was it, the improv thing Keith Johnstone had written about... Um, Impro? Yeah, the book Impro. But I'm um, sorry, I just blew a fly that was in my face. Uh, this ain't Ethiopia. Get out of here, fly. <laughs> right? Um... The fly's like, oh, it isn't? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm in the wrong place. Woo. I must have flown. I must have taken a left to Detroit. Uh, <laughs> he ends up in L.A. instead of Ethiopia. Anyway, because uh, they're right next to each other. Right, right. Anyway, no, there was a thing about, it was an improv for storytellers, actually, because mm-hmm. he was talking about short form improv and how he basically thinks it's awful mm-hmm. and he can't even see it anymore because he, uh, he, he says that he thinks most improv is light entertainment mm-hmm. which he doesn't go for he wants improv that's more thea- that's like more theater where it's mm-hmm. not just for the laughs and then there was something about like how he thinks it's the dumbest thing for improvisers to take a suggestion well t- the, taking a suggestion is the is the equivalent of saying there's nothing up my sleeve that's right. all that it is and he thinks that n- he his his thing was because he said he got new conversation but people will think that we're not making it up and he's like they already think that it's made that's not made up yeah he's but- like they don't care he's like it's still entertainment they you know that you're you're improvising the audience thinks that it's all planned yeah they think that based on how uh, on the quality of it if it's good you didn't make it up right and if it's bad <laughs> improv sucks yep it's one of those things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. With doing, doing uh, you know, I do so much musical improv and people would always think that it wasn't made up and they would, it, it was especially confusing to our um, musician, to the guy playing piano because they'd be like, oh, well, you're not, you're not really making up what you're doing. Like, wh- what? Would he know 80 different songs and just pick one of those and we would be able to, like, that would be so much harder than just That's making way, it up. It is. It's a lot more work yeah. to just come up with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And learn them and memorize those exactly, but then still be able to switch some words around. No, that would be horrible. And know exactly when to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, when ooh, this is a point for that song. Song number yeah. 84. Yeah. That would be like having a conversation with someone who had memorized their part. <laughs> Which is it? Isn't that that show Gravid Water? Yeah, that's a fun show. Yeah, um, Gravid Water at the UCB Theater yeah, in New York I'm and try- LA. I'm trying to think of who I saw. I think it was Mike Delaney. Yeah. do it. Who that probably will incredible. Get yeah, but what was it? It was uh, yeah. I mean the the uh, for those who are listening, um, it the the show is one person's improvising, mm-hmm. but the other person has memorized one side of some play. It's also great because it can get so many different types of people involved in it. Um, you have great improvisers, but then you also have actors of all types. That's the range, yeah. To, who, to do this, put the part that's memorized. Um, Nick Offerman oh, yeah. did it here. He did it, yeah. yeah. Um, all kinds of really cool people. I'm trying to remember specific names. A lot of Broadway people yeah, do it I think in it New was York. A, I think I saw a Broadway person do it in New York, and I was like, what? I don't remember who it was. I just remember Mike Delaney yeah. <laughs> being really funny. Um, but also it's cool for the person who's memorized the thing to still react, mm-hmm. you know, like you're playing yeah. out the scene to it, but if they're taking it that way, then it gives you all these different ways to say those five words. I think it's almost harder for that person because you have, you're locked into what you're doing. You are. And That's you- why I want to do it. Right. Do the lines that is, yeah, 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 you <laughs> doing these lines like I'm Scarface. Uh, cause you know, cocaine anyway, no, no, Eliza. Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's maybe get into our subject. Sure. I don't know. We could talk about poop and farts all day long if we wanted I'd to. I often do. I I know. Every now I'm like, hey, Eliza, how you doing? Farting poops? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Poop and farts and farting poops. I don't know what it is. It's just the, the word poop is so... Yeah. It's pleasing to... Not only pleasing to say, yeah. but it's, it's palindromic. also funny. It's palindromic? Mm-hmm. Is that a word? I've decided It's so. definitely not... Palindrome <laughs> is not one. Um, There's got to be a way to make palindrome palindrome. 
palindrome immortal well this is immortal podcast immortal app um that's horrible um so anyway yeah we were talking about this and this is something that i have come back to myself i think this is something that um, you're not going to find any disagreements (laughs) from me on maybe in the ways in which we approach this but um anyway you tell me in your words what it is we're talking about um we're talking about negativity mm-hmm. and uh and the the villainization of negativity <laughs> is, is that, that a word uh, yeah um I, well i'll tell you i was i was getting a flu shot mm-hmm. recently and i was uh and the the nurse do it, get, administering the shot was wearing those cute nurse scrubs you know that have like different patterns on them mm-hmm. so if i'm a child it will put me at ease um and hers were covered in um like uh, baby versions of the winnie the pooh characters you okay. know they're like winnie the pooh baby baby pooh and yeah. yeah all right and each one of them had little uh, uh words next to them like the little pooh probably had something like um a uh, sweetheart and the piglet would be like friend um but they were but they were slightly having to do with their characters mm-hmm. and then right in front of me so she's bending down in front of me and right in front of me is the eeyore and underneath it it says cutie and i was like that's not what eeyore is <laughs> eeyore's not what eeyore not, is about yeah he's not about being cute he's he's sad He's he's the the he, he's unlucky. He's sad. He's depressed. Any of those words would have been fine. I was like, well, they can't write that because they gotta wash that out. We can't we can't say anything about that. Mm. But a little kid feels those things also. Like why can't and 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 I real I was like, why is this bothering me so much? And I realized it was just tapping into this thing that I feel all over the place, which is don't acknowledge bad feelings, don't acknowledge bad situations, um, and never have a and and. You don't have any kind of negative reaction to to anything. That means there's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. That we we kind of have this. Um, someone described it as the cult of optimism. Mm-hmm. That it's just like everything has to be good all the time. Peaches and cherries, and also rainbows. But when things that are bad happen, like, and in my opinion, well, first of all, yeah, ears a warrior. So you're saying that like the kids. Yeah can't see those words because maybe they'll start to worry, right? Yeah. That's that's the fear. But I feel like seeing those words and acknowledging those feelings that people have already is actually reassuring to say... Because you're not alone. Yeah. To say, yeah, you're you're worried, right? You're getting a flu shot. It's... You're scared. It's a scary thing. Look at the size of that fucking needle. But to be like, no, you're happy. You're happy and cute and fun times. That's even more terrifying Mm. because not only are you going through something scary, but you're reacting wrong there's something wrong with you that something's wrong with you if you feel the negative feeling we're so we're so and that's that always happens when people feel negative feelings there's a there's a sense usually a sense of isolation Mm -hmm. about it where it's like i'm the only one who's ever felt this way which of course is you know the thing about high schoolers that they have all their feelings and they're like i'm the only one that's ever felt this like no okay we all did yeah we all went through it and then someone theorized theorized or it is theorized that a human feels every single possible emotion by the age of one. Hmm. That by the age of one, you have felt everything, which is, makes sense because as a child, you know, there's all like the moment you're born, it's like oh, pain, yeah. abandonment, yeah, happiness. I, I always think that it's funny that um, parents are like, "Well, if this is the worst thing that ever happens to you, to kids, where whatever has just happened." is the worst thing that has ever happened to that kid because they haven't had a lot of experiences. So, yeah. So far. Yeah, exactly. So, so far, losing that toy, worst thing. Mm. Worst thing. I mean, mm. something worse is going to happen to them, but yeah, they're reacting the way that you would if the once the worst thing happens to you. They well, just don't have experiences. And it seems like it's like we're, we're stuck in these extremes mm-hmm. of like you always always have to be happy. Or you, or people who are sad or or depressed or feel bad feelings, like are demonized. Yeah, demonization is probably a better yeah. word than vi- villainization. I find, especially in um, in, I guess they're sort of like midlife women's magazines, like these things that are really self helpy. Mm-hmm. Really have a lot of um, articles about uh, negative people, toxic friends, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. That I always I read them and I feel like, well, like. Wh- what about the negative person, quote unquote, reading this? Who who are these people who are just villains, who are just a negative person, right, right. who is just a toxic person? Like nobody is. People, relationships are weird and sometimes people affect people like better or worse. Um, and people go through different phases, but to just 
slap a label on someone as a, a negative person or, mm-hmm. or a toxic person, I feel like like the only person who who is that is a witch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the only person who's that is is like a monster, someone from a fairy tale. Maleficent. Yeah, exactly. Who was my favorite? Um, oh, she was as a oh, child. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was. She was super hot. She had those horns. She turned into a dragon. <laughs> Come on, I love Maleficent. <laughs> Explains uh, a lot about you. Yeah, not really. Okay, uh, but yeah. So, so I feel like it's it's you know it's two sides of a coin. Yeah, and there is this kind of feeling of like with the, with that label is the the being able to cut people off, yeah. which is which is I've rarely done it mm-hmm. to where I've I've just like you're out of my life. It is I personally don't understand it, but the the times that I've done it is when that person sees me. Mm-hmm. As a negative person, yeah, or a toxic friend, I'm like, abusive. well, then you can't. It's like then they've decided I'm this, and I'm like, you're wrong, but you're never going to see it any other way. I can't convince you. And to be friends, so with I'm them, just going to leave it alone. To be friends with them, you have to agree to that that label vision. that that is the role you I have, have to, to play. Mm-hmm. I'm the asshole, toxic friend, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, it has to do. I think it also has to do with this this um I, notion, or or to me, it it has the notion of um, people are possessions. Hmm. Like they're they're objects that you can get rid of, yeah. At at a, at a moment's notice, you're like, oh, I don't like you anymore. Like like it's a like it's a a split end or something. Cut it off, sister. Right? Yeah, it's not the way. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that like, and I and I have felt like, oh, you're negative or you're blah blah, blah or whatever. But I see that as right now you are that. Yeah. It doesn't mean as a general wash, and I refuse to put a wash on a person that this is what you always are you might tend to always be that maybe i bring it out in you Mm -hmm. and that's why we can't be friends because our chemistry is toxic (laughs) right yeah exactly exactly the the when you when you combine the orange juice is great you know toothpaste love it put those together horrible horrible part of your day but there's a decision they made it's like if (laughs) if orange juice has decided that this thing that isn't toothpaste tastes like toothpaste then they're going to taste toothpaste. That's what I'm saying. Like the toxic friend, like we have bad chemistry, right? Uh-huh. Because you came to me thinking, oh, I got to see Baron. Yeah. Right. If you have that in yeah. your head, yeah. then no matter what I do, you're going to see it in that well, light. Yeah. And it's also simplifying a person because just in the same sense that there's a, 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 um, a, a positive and negative with like the negativity and positivity, there's also a, um, the, there's also like, some other attribute that's usually included in whatever it is that bothers me about you or that person. Like a trigger? Well, no, like uh, they're, they're, they're overly critical, but mm. then they're also probably somebody really good to shop for electronics with. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, like okay. they're not going to let me buy. Like, so, so yeah, maybe that's the wrong person to come to with your problems about your boyfriend that you don't really want to break up with, but you want to complain about, but they're the right person to come to when you do want to break up with that person, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different and, people have different roles. Yeah. And so to, to, to be upset that somebody can't be everything. Feel, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we, they got cast in the wrong part in your life this week. It doesn't make them a bad person. I had a friend who was like, yeah, I'm kind of dating this new girl, but I think she's a bad person. And I'm like, that's never, what, you should not be dating this. No, don't think of anybody as a bad person or a good person. <laughs> yeah. Cause you won't ever find someone who's, going to fit that and where does that leave you hmm. like do you th- are you thinking of yourself as a good person or a bad person um because you're you're gonna have to apply that label some because some people do that i think she's a bad person <gasps> that makes me a bad person yeah that i think someone else is a yeah. bad we're just two bad people i guess we deserve each other then <laughs> i don't know yeah. why i'm jim gaffigan in that joke like, or that bit yeah and it's been it's uh it's it's not something as you're saying it's not something that's static well yeah and it's easy to get stuck mm-hmm. because it makes everything simpler mm-hmm. it makes your world easier to digest if that person is just this now i can go to the store mm-hmm. in a sort of a way hmm. yeah. i feel like also the the whole uh don't think negatively about like not just about people but about situations is a big thing and it's I feel blanket like, optimism is exhausting first i feel of like all. It, it, it's uh, it's contributed a lot to our current economic situation right well you know i read this thing that was really interesting about how um someone had theorized that basically the economic situation comes from the fact that everyone on wall street went to harvard like <laughs> 80 percent or you know all these bankers these these 
they're all Ivy Leaguers, mm-hmm. and they went to Harvard Business. Oh, no, everybody who and, writes comedy went there too. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? Well, but there, 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 there's this um, ego, this narcissism that is bred into them, mm-hmm. in which they take huge risks because they think anything I do is going to turn to gold. Nothing can go wrong. And they were talking about how 100 years ago, people that came to Wall Street came from all walks of life, different trades, that they became this. They, didn't, they weren't in the 80s like, I'm going to be that because I want to make a lot of money. I'm going to go to heart. You know, like they have that kind of an outlier in that sort of a way. Where mm-hmm. the, but the, the, the ego wasn't there, though, when it was people from all different walks because there was more balance Mm-hmm. You know, to um, where they were coming from, where they were coming and- from, and they were w- way less like they didn't take crazy risks because they didn't think everything I do is gold. Yeah. I can't go wrong. I'm on top of this world. They didn't have that. So, but now there's always somebody to bail me out. Yeah, exactly. Well, and now there's that. Yeah, and like in the '80s, in the throwing yourself out of a window, <laughs> the fiftieth floor. Oh, I'm ruined. Life can't be if I don't have a million dollars every day. I'm yeah. going to throw myself out of this window. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, and in that sense, some of that optimism leads to them leads to great payoff because they're thinking, well, I can't, I can't lose, so they take these great risks, and it, and it goes well for them. But it also goes badly. And when it goes badly, it goes really bad. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the people who are lower down on those on, on the rungs are uh, uh, soothed into complacency by this mm. positive, by this cult of positivity. Like, don't, don't change your your situation. Think about it better. Think think about it in a better light. And yeah. also, um, hey, buy for the life that you want to have, for the life that you should have. Don't don't worry about looking around accurately at your life right now and assessing it and being like, all right, I got to roll up my sleeves and do some hard work. Well, it's still it's still based on that that narcissism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still based on well the ego and and stuff like that. Because you know, um, ever tell you about that uh, Century of the Self, that documentary? I don't know. I've talked about this documentary a lot. I don't know if I talked to you about it. That's why I said I don't want to tell you something I've already told you. Blah blah blah. Um, a friend of mine showed it to me. It's up on YouTube. Somebody put it on YouTube. It's um, four hours, four hour long parts, and um, it's basically about how Freud shaped the twenty twentieth century. And uh, the first part is specifically about his nephew. Oh right, Edward yeah, yeah. Bernays. Right. So this guy the is the father dude. of modern advertising, mm-hmm. and he wrapped our consumerism around our insecurities yeah so it became it stopped being shoes get shoes you need them glass in the streets it became but if you get this kind of shoe it means you're this kind of person Mm -hmm. and if you have this kind of shoe you're this kind of person what kind of person are you depends on the shoes you're wearing son and like and run from that dark feeling run from that feeling of of whatever you don't like about yourself but the thing is is like the more that you do that and this is my take on it is i call it's like sweeping it under the rug mm-hmm. it's like you don't deal with whatever until issue you got you a have. messed up rug until you are tripping over your rug <laughs> yeah. like what how did that what did that i don't yeah. see what's under that rug therefore it's not there yeah but people do that and i i feel that that's a big thing in the um workplace another article i had read about crying at work <laughs> and that, like or like not being overly emotional and stuff yeah and it's like and basically the the the, the slant was you should express yourself at work but there's so much of that stuffing down of feelings mm-hmm. and you know crying and you know um as um allison castillo had a joke that her family was a long line of pantry criers <laughs> where they're like i'm just gonna get some uh, peaches out of the pantry <laughs> okay i'm back like that but it's like if you don't ever show the emotion then you never deal with it well i think that also goes back to uh, i mean maybe this is a terrible thing to say but uh, i think that's part of a uh, feminine and masculine view on on the work on the work Mm. Um, that you should tamp down things that are quote-unquote feminine and part of the that is expressing emotion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and expressing it in that way specifically Um, I took a this is off topic but I took a class in college that was on women in art and our professor had us write down had us divide uh, our paper and, and her board into two columns one and on one side listed feminine things and one side um, uh, masculine things mm-hmm. and then she made a new one and uh, wanted us to list cool things and uncool things and the lists were identical the lists were identical cool things are masculine things uncool things are feminine things and so the question is to be as a as a as a female worker creator artist anything do you um start doing masculine things and, and make yourself more masculine so that you can be cool or do we work to try to make feminine things more accepted as 
cool things hmm. as as just acceptable things taking the cool out of it now and making it larger just so so i when i started working it was very much in, in a time of yeah don't cry in the office go into the bathroom and when your hair starts falling out because it's too stressful deal with it um and uh now I feel like that kind of stuff is much more accepted because it's we've started to to change that that feminine things and 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 there are more women in power and so their way of dealing with things is slightly shifting mm. um, and slightly becoming more acceptable. I don't think it's like a whole like crazy shift, but it's just a little bit changed. People are opening up a little bit to, to I, these ideas, and it's it's good. And I think that it's um, just that. I think that what happens is there's just a lot of stuffing down of feelings Mm -hmm. and it happens on there's the stuffing down of feelings and misplaced anger Mm -hmm. and misplaced emotions. Like I had a friend who um, is an assistant or have a friend who's an assistant was an assistant at an agency before. Mm -hmm. And it's just like insane to be like, it's like, I can't believe that these people like, it's like they take so much out. On it's like, look, because my, my biggest pet peeve is misplaced anger Yeah, is when if you're having a bad day, everyone's going to have a bad day. Oh, yeah. I know for me, it's like if I'm having a bad day or something happened to me, that has to do with that. It doesn't have to do with this new person that just walked into my office. I don't have to treat them like shit because I feel like shit, right? And I don't see why that's not the simplest thing in the world to everybody. Well, but it's but not, it seems like the hardest thing in the world Well, because to it's not always that broad. It's not always like... True. It's, some of it is like what I was saying. Systematic last never time, dealing with stuff. Uh, yes. And it's also like the look on your face, which de- which affects them. So you can still be like, all right, like I, I very often am guilty of I am saying the right thing. I am saying something positive. I am mm-hmm. saying some, but I look like, fuck you. Right. So it doesn't come out the right way. Um, so you can be choosing to do something, mm-hmm. but it's still... A little funky. So I think that's But that like, still has to do with I think the look on your face still has to do with dealing with Yeah. You never dealt with when you first saw that look. Well that that's that's what you're right. And that's what I was gonna say, like n- recognizing that feeling in yourself and knowing what you need to do to deal with it. Whether it's like take a walk or talk to that person or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I think that's that's a big thing. Yeah. We have this notion of our feelings that they're um which I think also goes back to that well that they're a nuisance, but that they're also uncontrollable. Yeah. That it's like, oh, when I feel it I feel it. Which, you know what? I think that's partly true, but then what do you do about it? Like, it doesn't have to be, it's it, control it in the moment. Because I, I think trying to control it in the moment is what, ha- it, is what leads people to tamping it down. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. feel it, then deal with it. Like, but I still think like, they, they relate, though. Like, I think ne- a lot of quote-unquote negative emotions are actually very, very... Uh, you can uh, learn from them. It, well, they're, they're, they're motivating. They're very important. Like, um, I remember feeling... I had I, wanted to move to L.A. for a very long time, and I had just never quite gotten the guts and uh, figured out how to do it and, 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 and been okay with leaving my life behind. And I was like... But I knew this is what I needed to do, and I knew it's what I wanted to do. And I remember talking to some friends of mine who were moving out here, um, and they had a plan for moving that was uh, not quite fully formed, and I felt like had some some uh, they they wanted to move a little bit later than maybe they should have. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you know, actually, it would make a lot of sense if you moved a little bit earlier because of pilot season. Da, 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 and, and I'm oh, you mean later that. in the year? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and as I was talking to them, I realized that I was getting jealous that they mm. were moving, and then I was like. I was like, oh, this is terrible. I shouldn't feel jealous of them. And then I was like, no, listen to this jealousy. What is this about? I am jealous that they are moving. I should move then. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about, and and that, and I feel like a lot of times feelings like that of, of jealousy, you feel, oh, like I shouldn't, that's terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm being a, a bad friend. Like if I feel jealous of someone who has a new show up. And I'm like, God damn it, they, have a, they wrote a new show and they got a new show up. That's a trigger to me that I need to do more work. I need to write a show I, or write something or, do, or figure out what it is that I want to do. Yeah. And I think that, that that comes from being okay with, being okay that I feel jealous, mm-hmm. okay enough to acknowledge it, and then explore it instead of just, feeling, just beating myself up for it or trying not to feel it. Well, and that's, I think that's the big difference here because I, I have a similar thing. Like when I feel jealousy or envy of somebody i know it has to do with i've luckily gotten to the place that i know it has to do with some issue in myself i haven't dealt with yet mm-hmm. that it's like oh they're doing that well you know what because i'm sitting here and i need to do more of that then i wouldn't because if i was busy doing that thing i wouldn't have time to feel jealous yeah. about what that person's doing but um at the same time <laughs> um there is this um this sense of 
again, you went to a deeper level. Mm-hmm. See with it, but again, what I guess what I was trying to say before with when I feel it, I feel it. Mm-hmm. The the misplaced the misplacedness of mm-hmm. it. People don't. Oh, I'm jealous of that person, and they just focus on that. Mm-hmm. They never go to the deeper level. So they always that person always triggers that thing. So they think, oh, I got to stay away from that person then, yeah. instead of figuring out what it is inside themselves that is triggering those feelings. They think, up oh, the feeling itself is pure. Like the fact that I guess what I'm trying to say is people have this. This, this sense sometimes that whatever you feel is exactly what you feel and it's the, the, the surface of the feeling is the natural state in a sort of a way like there's nothing deeper than it yeah I'm jealous of that person stay away from that person that person makes me feel this stay away from that person but they never get into in why? themselves the why yeah they just feel it they never go to the well why do I feel it they just oh. feel it oh I feel that gotta, gotta not feel that so I'm gonna go over here now well my thing is that I've kind of always gone to the why um, but for a long time, I would go to the why and be like, why? What is wrong with me that I feel this? Okay. Why am I messed up that I feel this? Well, I think that's in better the- than like, it's all them and not me. <laughs> well, but now I'm like, it's okay that I that I feel that. Um, and, and, you know, just accept it and right. be okay with it. And then, okay, so why? So instead of just immediately being like, oh, you shouldn't have felt this. You're a jerk. Well, you're a, that's avoiding the negativity. Um, well, yeah, but it's also, but it's, it's still... Is still admitting it, and it's not putting it on that person. Right. Like I would, I would sit around. People who bugged me would sit around and be like, "Why does that person bug me so bad?" And now I'm just sort of like, "Oh, they bug me." That's and okay. Sometimes it, sometimes it is simple. Yeah. Sometimes it is that simple. And and and, and I'll see that in other people. Like, oh, I I just bug that person. And that's okay. Yeah, I I have the same thing. I and and it, and it, it takes me a while to see that. Yeah. Like, there was someone we were talking about the other day who'll remain unnamed, and I just I think I just realized recently I can't I don't know if that. They trigger something in me that I haven't figured out or dealt yeah. with yet. So maybe I should not be around that person that much. Yeah, which is what you were just saying, that you, you attaching the feeling to that person. Mm-hmm. Being like, I don't want to be around that person. But I think that it's an okay way to do it, where you're not blaming the person for it. Right. You're saying, this, is, this, is, this triggers this in me, and it's more than I can deal with right now. Or than I more than I understand, I haven't figured out what it's what it comes from yet. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm gonna stay in my own corner and do my own thing. And when it comes up in ways that I can deal with, I'll learn more about it each time, until whatever. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it, like yeah, for so long I would force myself to be around people who either I did not like or who did not like me, <laughs> who so clearly did not like me, and I'd be like, why don't they like me? Oh, so it made you want want them to like you more. Yeah. You tried and harder, would, oh, and it like, made them more I would, annoyed. I would lay awake at night, <laughs> like, why does this person not like me? And then finally, I was like, there are so many people in my life that I that, who do like me who I completely ignore because I'm spending all this time thinking Fixating, about, yeah. oh, why does this girl hate me so much? That, and it's like, well, that person doesn't even really know me. I just push some weird button in them that reminds them of, I don't know, some weird babysitter or like, <laughs> or just some like, babysitter that touched them that they haven't yeah, figured out. So, some horse kicked them out. in the head yeah. and has the same name as me. I don't know. Some it horse kicked their father in the head and yeah. then they got a secret identity and later after the war and then they married a woman yeah. in Ossining and they became like an admin in the 60s yeah yeah uh that's okay. a, pl- that's so a real story. specific one but yeah um yeah. but yeah and you, you're dick whitman but you're you're pretending like you're don Draper. sure exactly Continue. but they're um <laughs> they're completely allowed to feel that way yeah they're that you know that that's that's fine you know and and uh i, I don't like it but well here's whatever something. they get they get the right to make that choice here's something and this is this is um this relates to exactly what you're talking about i read this article that someone forwarded to me it was on cracked because you know they write all those articles. Oh, did I write it? No, you didn't. Okay, because I it only was, wrote one. So. It's all those articles <laughs> where it's like the lists. Uh, yeah, God, they do that with everything. They it's do all everything, and some of them are good though. This one, I, 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 I still haven't stopped thinking about, and I forwarded to a lot of people. It was, I think, it was seven thing, seven reasons the 21st century is making you miserable. Okay, right, and one of them was we're not around enough annoying people, <laughs> and um, and basically the 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 the, the point of it is. Thanks to the internet age, right, listeners? We can find that specific group of people that likes exactly what we like, only the things we like, and we never have to deal with anyone that doesn't like exactly what we like. So the skill set of dealing with someone who doesn't have all your exact ideas and opinions is dwindling. Yeah. As a, as a, as a culture, we don't know how to not be around people that aren't exactly like us. And um, and I realized it myself because I was like, we don't know our neighbors anymore. Oh yeah, 
I mean, that was a that was an old Carlin quote that he said that we're like the most connected we've ever been, but we don't know the people who live across the street, you know. And we look at them weird, and we get these like there's this woman who lives right here on the other side of me that um, every time I see her, she gives me the strangest looks, and I'm like, what does she think I am? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a there's a lady who was next door to me for a while who was like bitch face. Like every time I'd walk out of my apartment, she was looking at me like, what is the matter with you? But they don't and talk I have, to you. But also. I have no idea if that's actually what that face means on her. That's true. <laughs> and I, same with that woman. Yeah. I tried to engage with her and then it gets weird quick and I'm like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. I come out walking and I'm like, all right, see you later. Ooh, why? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Every year I have these big plans that I'm going to do like really elaborate Christmas gifts for all of my neighbors and we're all going to get along and like be best friends. And then January 12th, I'm like, oh, maybe... Maybe for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep pushing it back. Yep. It mm. never happens. Um, I also get real nervous that I'm like, I'm going to make cookies for everybody. And then I'm like, what if they're diabetic? They're probably all diabetic. I just, and so I don't know I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, I got you. But uh, about the annoying people thing, I find that very true with uh, me in that I've done not only being in comedy for so long, but very specifically being in improv for so long mm-hmm. improv has retrained my brain um to follow yes and which is great for improv great for writing great for comedy terrible for interacting with people who are not trained the same way because it is <laughs> so frustrating and my family is not trained that way right not all of my friends and not all the people i interact with and i have zero patience for it is, people it is a positive outlook also it, it is yes a positive. and you, you're 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 accepting that something is true and you're going to add to it yeah but just that it's true not that it's good and that's a, a very good a very important distinction when you're first learning improv mm-hmm. because a lot of people uh like someone the big example is hey let's jump off a bridge yes and we'll have a lot of fun doing it. Okay, no, that's, you don't have to accept that. That's they, not. You have to accept that there's a bridge. Yes, that you're going exactly. that you might that jump it's off. True, of. and and the in that situation, but you don't have to accept that it's great. Well, I um, realized that I, my my it took me a long time to figure out that you don't actually have to say yes. Yeah, exactly. To mean it. Yeah. You can say no, and the no is the yes and sometimes. Correct. Right, improvisers out there. Mm-hmm. Katie looks confused. Continue. We're going to say. <laughs> um. But so 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 yeah, I have no patience for it, and I, I've kind what, of a like constant negating. Yeah, can't do. I cannot deal with it, and I kind of don't hang out with non comedians, um, and I from time to time get a little self conscious and freaked out about myself that mm. I I don't. And again, when there are, there are people in my life that I have to hang out with who aren't that way. Like I said, my family they don't think that way. Right. Um, they didn't take years of improv training, so why would they? Um, but it's real frustrating when I'm like, uh, "Oh, this is uh, this is good coffee." Actually, it's not. It's not good coffee. Uh, well, why would <laughs> why why would why would you not not agree with that? What? Well, how do I? Yeah, and that's the it thing. It just feels like it cuts off conversations. Well, and there's got to be something else going on, right? That they're the, I, no, no. It's uh, like I always seems like something else is going on. That they're the, every, they're in a bad mood, so everything's not good. Well, but there you go. I feel like that's that that is something that I would assume and that you would assume. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's bringing our own thing to it a lot more often than we realize. Yeah. Because again, going back to my family, knowing my family, it's it's just like they're they are just as trained to do that as I am trained to go. Yeah, it's great, even if I don't care. But I'm just like, let's keep going with this conversation and 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 not not cut things off at the pass or uh, over something that's not important. It's mm. just it's just training. It's just pattern. Well, you know, I, I have a similar thing with my family, but it's 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 different because my mom my mom is a yes ander, and my stepfather is not. So a lot of times when I'm trying to talk to them or I'm getting information about what the hell's going on in their lives, I get wildly different spins. Because my mother is pretty optimistic, mm-hmm. but she she you know she's a recovering alcoholic, and the the prayer of serenity has this the, that little passage that I love. Oh, what is it? Is um, um uh, grant me the courage to accept that. Grant me the courage to change that, change those things that I can change. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing. And accept grant me the courage. Yeah, the, accept the things you know. Change the things I can change. Accept the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. Right, and that is. I'm like the first time I heard that I'm like that's incredible. Yeah, that is Especially incredible. That, that wisdom to know the difference part. 
Yeah. The reason to know the difference That's is the, the biggest part. part. It's <laughs> yeah. the biggest part. And my mother is really in that. Yeah. So she knows the difference of the things that you can control and the things you can't. So, but, but the things that she can't control, she accepts them. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. But my stepdad has grown up very comfortably. Mm-hmm. And had a little of the arrogance that we were talking about. He, apparently, he was extremely rich in the 90s and then never paid any taxes, Ooh. lost all of his money. Ooh. This is the backstory that I filled in from just little pieces. I'm afraid to ask because I'm going to get punched in the face. Um, so it seemed like he had a lot of money and then ha- didn't have any money. And then the taxes he owed from when he had a lot of money <sighs> came after him when he no longer had any money. By this point, he's already married my mother. Right. So she has married into this debt. Terrible financial situation. Exactly. And they declared bankruptcy, blah, blah, blah. And it's the, re- you know, it's the restart. It's the national restart button, you know, but you can only do it once. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We, you played that card. Um, so when they're in the situation that they are in, when I get emails from him, he paints a grim picture. And when I talk to my mother, she's like, ah, we'll make it. Yeah. We've made it before. We've been poor in our lives. We've made it. I'm still here. Still here, still living in a house, still eating, right? Yeah. It's like, mm, okay. And he's like, oh, everything. There's no more gold sinks. And I don't know if that, that's an extreme. He's not Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that's why I can't get a sense of like, well, because I feel like he really gets grim and she stays too positive sometimes. Yeah. Uh, she is more realistic than he is. And he's, he's. Well, realistic is fine. It's 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 the well. That's why I can't tell if she's being optimistic or realistic. Yeah, because because she sounds optimistic, but when she talks about it, then she says real things. I think I think I think it's great to be optimistic about the future mm-hmm. and realistic about slash the present. Pa- pessimistic about the present. Yeah, like here's uh, so that you recognize it's it's like it's like people who are like mm, I'm fat. Like okay, well. Do, do you want to get in shape? Do you know the work that you need to do? Great. And then you can, and then like look to the future, like I'm going to have exactly the body that I want to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like, uh, I, well, we hate effort. Yeah. Well, I mean that's, but, but you never realize the effort that you need to, to take or it's and it seems way overwhelming. Well, when you think about the you, huge picture of, Oh, how am I going to do that thing? It's like, well, take it step by step. Yeah. But so you need all of it. You need the positivity and the negativity. Um, because you, you need to, to, to realize how, what your situation actually is. And, and if it does need to be changed, because if, if you, if you're in a fine situation, you're fine. Yeah. But if you're not in a good situation, if you have, if, if, you know, your life is not where you want it to be, you have to be, you have to recognize that and be okay with it. Not let, not let the fear of fearing that, the fear of feeling that feeling mm-hmm. and thinking that way about your life scare you out of seeing your life accurately. It was um, something one of my theater teachers said that has been one of my favorite things ever having emotions about your emotions. Mm-hmm. That you're upset, that you're mad, that you're depressed. You're like, oh, I'm depressed. Ah, I should be depressed. Yeah. You know what? Just let myself be depressed. It's like you keep putting these layers on the feeling so you never actually deal with the feeling. It's the way I see it. You're covering it up, right, with other stuff. It's like you have to peel off the other stuff and then you get to the core of, okay, I'm depressed. So let me deal with that. Yeah. But exactly. that's the thing. And I think, and that's, the, I th- the, I think okay. that's a huge thing that people are just not like just being okay with feeling your feelings and Mm -hmm. especially feeling your quote unquote negative feelings is huge. Like my example of uh, jealousy before Mm -hmm. jealousy is nowhere near as bad as feeling bad about your jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what eats you up inside. Um, being like, "Mm, she got a better dog than me. That's fine. But then feeling like I'm a terrible person (laughs) because I thought that about her. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm so horrible. That's what's, that's what's going to stop you from living your life for the rest of the week. <laughs> you know? I can't be around her. Yeah. She reminds me how horrible yeah. I am. I have to draw the shades. I'm a troll <laughs> near her. Yeah. I'm not Maleficent. <laughs> With the horns of the dragon. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, she was real cool. Um, well, here's, here's, a, here's a, uh, uh, a thing. And this is, this is something um, I believe. And let me get your opinions on it. Okay. I have... Um, being a male... Being a straight male that has a lot of female friends, I have and continue to yield many questions about what does it mean that this guy did this, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the reason Greg Barrett wrote, he's just, he's just not, not that into, into you. you. Yeah. You know, it's just like, 
because uh, the way that yeah. he described it is, you know, being the only straight male staffer on Sex and the City and then getting these questions from all these women and him being like, but you're an intelligent, well, interesting woman. I don't understand why you're so crazy and stupid about this particular thing. I don't thing. totally understand. I didn't totally understand the backlash against that book. Because yeah. it's a book of comedy. Well, but also... He's just not that into that's a gift. That is such a gift being able to realize like, oh, it's not it's I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not he this person just is not that into me. Someone well, I, else might be. <laughs> and I think that he, deal, he the backlash comes from people who are dealing with what we're, yeah. all the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, her like, you can't say that. Yeah. Everyone loves me. My parents told me. But then the, also the turning it in and like, he's just not that into me. What does it mean about me? Yeah. Or in that also like men are allowed to feel that way about women just as a lar- like like the, the, the group of men are allowed to feel that way about the group of women. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the lumping. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We're talking about one person and one other person. In and that situation. When you're tearing yourself apart, the answer is this person is just doesn't like you very much, and that's okay. That's when, all right. When I was when I was 23, this is the first time I had realized something I thought was interesting. I was 23 and I dated a 39 year old. <laughs> Please hold your applause. <laughs> and the reason we broke up, it was kind of on the rocks. But I broke up with her because there was someone I was really, I had realized I was in love with that was gone, was out of the country for a year, and I realized that I wanted to be with her. So when she was on her way back, I decided, you know what? I'm going to end this other relationship because I want to just be with this girl, right? So when Did I, it work out with the new girl? No, it didn't. Oh. It didn't. We're still great friends. Yeah. But, you know, she, her mind changed. And that's fine. That happens. But when I told this to this other woman, mm-hmm. you know, and we broke up, she was upset. And then she called me like the next day and we talked. And when I told her, she asked me what, what, what was going on. When I told her, well, there's this other girl that she's like, oh, another girl. Oh, I can't do anything about that. She's like, okay, yeah. I'm fine then. And she's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? She's like, well, I didn't do anything. She's like, I can't have any control that you that you love another person, you know. So that lets me know that wasn't something I did or said. So okay, fine. And yeah. I was like, oh, p- people can be fine. Well, yeah, people can be fine. And also, sometimes the thing that's so maddening is the mystery of it. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. like, it's like watching the first forty minutes of a Law and Order. Can't do that. I mean, you can because you know it's probably it's it's whatever famous no, I, person. I know exactly what you're talking but about. Yeah, Once like, I'm in it, I'm like, well, I have it? to know what happened. Yeah. Even if I think I know, I just that's, have to see if I'm right or wrong or what's going to happen. That's what How's drives it me off? crazy. Like, uh, yeah, if if and then sometimes they twist it in a way that I was not expecting. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing with Law and Order is it's always the kid or the famous person. That's what it. Well, okay. Here's an episode of Law and Order that I saw that I was All like, right. "Wait a minute!" And I'll get back to this. Oh, okay. Well, I, have, I, have, I have a favorite one, but because okay, who was it? It was a uh, Clea Duvall, right? All right. Indie darling. She was in But I'm a Cheerleader and stuff like that. So she was living with this crazy abusive husband, mm-hmm. right? And he beat the crap out of her, right? And what happened is that the downstairs neighbors, who was I think, um, oh, it's this woman who's a big musical theater. She was a big musical theater person in the eighties. No, in the eighties, and I can't remember who it was. So she's living downstairs with her husband, who's in a wheelchair, right? Oh, yes. You know yes, what I'm talking I know about? This one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about both, this one before. Both Eliza and Katie have both <laughs> yeah. recognized yeah. this. What do so, you do? Okay. What do you do? Well, here's what happens. Here's what happens to the listeners that did not see this episode of SVU. All right. First of all, Mariska Hargitay can get it. Oh, um, please, yeah, please. So, um, so you think? Okay. Well, what's going to happen with this? Right, Mariska gets Claire Duvall to get out of the house to report her husband, but she decides, nah, never mind. And she goes back to her husband, and they get into a crazy fight. And Mariska's like, I'm going to camp out downstairs in the, the other neighbor's place, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and this is where I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Oh, so, and the downstairs neighbors who are sort of caretakers of her, right? They're, no, 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 no. They're, they're just they're, the downstairs neighbors. They, they think okay. she's great, and they think she's great, and they don't understand this. And, and um, okay, so what happens is in the second act, I want to say. Oh, easily, if not the third. Yeah, no, it was earlier. It was, it was early in the episode, and I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> right? So you hear a fight, right? And then Mariska runs upstairs because she wants to catch them, and the dude has stabbed Clea Duvall in the chest. And I'm like, there's still 40 minutes left of the episode. What the 
hell? But what happens here, the twist is you find out the reason the downstairs neighbors didn't want to report it, or the wife at least didn't want to report it, is because she was on the run. Was on the run. <laughs> and the husband didn't know. And then suddenly it's all this like, oh, she had killed somebody. That's why, you know, had, had killed her abusive, abusive boyfriend yeah. and was in prison and had escaped. Mm-hmm. And the lawyer who prosecuted her is now the judge, Judith motherfucking Light. Light. And I was like, what the hell's happening, right? Okay, anyway. That's my law and order. So I, it, it twisted in a way because I was going to stop watching. Like, of course, the husband beat or something's going to happen. But then I saw the stab thing. I'm like, what? Did you see the one with Catherine Monig? Uh-oh. No, from the L word. From the L word. What happened? Okay, so a little law and order love right now. So she, it's it's another SVU. She's at this party. Kid um, SVU. They should just call it Best VU. I know, right? <laughs> she, um, this this dude dies because he f- falls out a window. Right. Um, turns out she, he, uh, they're in the bathroom together, and she uh, hit him with a vase and knocked him out the window. Okay. Turns out they were in the bathroom together. Because he was raping. He was going to try to rape her. Uh, turns out he was not going to try to rape her. Oh, no, no. Turns out I think he was still going to try to rape her. He was going to tell people she was a man. Because this is a 17-year-old girl. Okay. Who was actually a 17-year-old boy. And her boyfriend is in the next room. And so she, he's going to out her as actually being uh, a boy. He's going to try to rape her and insult yeah. the, pe- the penis, the bits. Well, no, had found out about it and was like, you are going to let me do this or I'm going to tell, tell everybody. everybody. You're a man. Yeah. Wow. So, th- so, that, so like they find out that's what it is. They prosecute her. And, you know, then she's going to have to go where? Where does she go? What jail? Exactly. Male jail, female jail. Send her to male jail. Last moment of the episode, she's dead. What? Yeah. She got gang banged to death in jail. Gang banged to death? Yeah. Because they thought she was a woman. Well, did she have. No, because they. I mean, it doesn't matter. She looked like. A girl. A girl. So they, the point they were is, like, oh, you're you're a dude who's in here with us. The who point looks exactly is, like a girl. you will get raped in jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to death. You'll yeah. get raped but, to ugh, death. This was such a heartbreaking because they were all like, oh, she definitely did this, but she's so justified. Mm. And her punishment is going to be the law, being murdered. Yikes! Okay, yeah. all right. Well, let me. Which is a negative thing. Is a negative being thing. murdered. Well, let me put this last thing to you. <laughs> Shout out to my girl Kelly Giddish now on uh, SVU. Um, and Catherine Monig on whatever she does. Whatever she does, she's great. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. This is the back to having getting all the. But why did this guy do this thing? Right. Sure. So I feel like there is this very postmodern idea of i not wanting to feel negative feelings right mm-hmm. it's motivated by fear mm-hmm. and that like people don't want to get hurt mm-hmm. so they never experience relationships they just avoid getting invested in anyone because they oh, do yeah, not want I've, to get hurt i've heard you talk about this about breaking up especially well yeah 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 so they don't want to go through those the, the rigor of that pain so they never meet people or they 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 try to keep it light and not get invested but they sometimes they force themselves to not have feelings and when they feel feelings they're like okay this is over i can't i'm feel i'm feeling things so no i don't want to get invested right so they miss out on all the amazing fucking yeah shit that you get to to experience but they're 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 because it might not work out and it might hurt. Yeah, but once they you know how bad not, it can hurt, it gets so hard to walk into that. Yeah, but the thing is, okay, and here's, here's my theory on this, because I'm so good at getting dumped. Um, I'm like an a- expert at it. I am, I am. Because I, I, I realize that, like, there's only so much you can control, right? Right, yeah. So it's like, and I want whoever I'm with to be happy. And if that means that they don't want to be with me, so be it. It sucks, but I can't control it. Right. And it'll hurt, but I will deal. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't turn it inside and be like, something's wrong with me. It's like, they don't want to be with me. That happens. Right? Yeah. I, might, I might have a night where there's something wrong with me, <laughs> and, I, you know, and I'll feel really down about it. But the more I've dealt with it, the easier it gets. Because I go through, I know what my process is. I go through the, I go through the motions faster. I feel like this is what allows you to be a, uh, a functioning individual who's a, a working actor also. I can, get, same, I can get with the rejection. It's the same thing, yeah. It's, yeah. You're not right for this part. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not. Bye. Um, Me? I'm not okay with it. But here's, here's, here's what I'm going towards, though. Um, here's, here's what I'm going towards, though. I don't know why I sounded like that. So, um, oh, crap. Totally forgot what I was oh, going I'm towards. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's I okay. knocked you off course. Well, they don't want to get hurt. That was yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and you're graded. Oh, here's what it okay. is. And it goes back to your example. Because were you at the dentist or the doctor? You're going to include Trump. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the way that I put it is, I, I, I call it, I don't have a theory for it. Basically, when you go to a doctor or a dentist and you're a child, 
they say, oh, it's going to be a small prick, right? And you see the needle that is the size of your arm. And you're like, fuck you, even as a five-year-old. <laughs> and they put that needle in your arm. You're like, ouch, right? It hurts. Right. Not a small prick. Two years ago, I got my wisdom teeth out. Luckily, on New Year's Eve, that was a great <laughs> party for me. Um, four wisdom teeth, all of them. Wow. Out, right? And they said, it's going to be a small prick. And they put the needle in my arm. And guess what? It was a small prick. Hmm. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I'm a man now. <laughs> that needle has stayed the same size, but I've grown. So, like, the needle that hurt me at five is not the same as the needle that would hurt me at 30. It doesn't feel the same. So, my theory is we think of the first time we were ever hurt and we compare everything to that. We think that every time we see the needle, it's going to be that needle from five years old. So, we don't want to see that. I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to go to the dentist because they're going to put that needle in my arm that hurt me when I was five. Yeah. And I think that with relationships, the first time you were hurt, obviously... (laughs) It was the first time. If this is the worst thing that ever happens to you. Exactly. So it's like, whoa, (laughs) I never want to feel that again. But so we never develop the skills because we avoid it. We never develop the skills to deal with the pain of the hurt, the rejection, the negativity. So when we do feel it, it feels exactly the same because our growth has been stunted on dealing with those emotions. Your thoughts. I think that's right. And I think that's also why this is uh, something that's so important to me because um, I ha- I do have a hard time with a lot of that. Um, I, to go back to your wisdom tooth uh, example, I had, my entire face was infected. My wisdom teeth were so impacted by the time I got them taken out because I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right, it's all right. Something hurts. No, 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 it's okay, it's all right. Instead of being like, hey, this is bad. You should go to a dentist, get this fixed. And dealing with it because I, you know, I was, it, it's just easier to like, uh, no, 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 just keep going. Did you just have keep going. Don't feel your feelings. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you have no yeah. excuse. I know. I have no <laughs> excuse. Um, except that it was just avoiding dealing with a bad situation. Right. Which is what I have done in so many relationships also. Mm. Um, just kind of uh, avo- avoiding dealing with it because it's bad. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm trying now to recognize those bad bad situations bad feelings and be okay with them and and even kind of embrace them and embrace Mm -hmm. my my reaction to them um and and deal with that rather than just being scared because i think you're right i think you're absolutely right that people you 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 feel just as bad as you did the the first first time time, unless you actively recognize and that you are not that person and that's and this is not that situation yeah it's it's, one of those things that is so simple that it's completely complex yeah it's not what naturally happens you have to choose to until it becomes nature it becomes nature the more you do it that's what's happened to me i guess is sort of way (laughs) i've been dumped so much and it's like oh you're dumping me whatever processed done Uh, not me i just don't get dumped you know um well eliza as always great talking you too and we'll see you next time. <laughs> or hear me. Or hear you. Yeah. Hey. I will see you. Other people, <laughs> no other one people else will. will hear you. But, um, so well, going forward, just a last thought. Mm-hmm. Going forward, what is, what is on your, uh, your mission? You're, you're just talking about. Yeah, just, uh, just recognizing. Uh, I think my, my next, in my next relationship, because mm-hmm. I'm single right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Eliza's is... single. You can email her at <laughs> www.deepeliza. <laughs> Um, Deep Eliza, that sounds dirty. But in in uh, in my next relationship and in 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 current and f- and ongoing friendships, uh, my goal is to be able to express negative feelings as they come, as they come, and, and, and deal with them, yeah. as they come, um, and not reject them just because they are negative. And I don't want to compl- com- complicate it too much, but because I do the same thing, but sometimes I know. I can recognize uh, the feelings. Your yeah, choose your battles. <laughs> yeah. And I can recognize the feeling like, I feel, uh, you know what? Don't need to say that. Because yeah, I know in yeah, an yeah, hour yeah, I won't yeah. feel it and then I don't. Yeah, but I'm saying I skew to the never say it. Mm. Um, especially in relationships. Like in dealing with myself, I've gotten better with being like, you don't like this. This is bad. Right. But but never, okay, I'm going to tackle this be- this situation and deal with this. You know what? It's LA mentality. It's, it's, I feel like people that live in Los Angeles don't understand that everywhere else has weather. You said that to me, and I do. Well, uh, you you do because you lived somewhere else, yeah. and so did I. But it's like like I'm shooting my TV show right now in Vancouver, uh-huh. and it's fucking cold. Yeah. But I feel like the execs that pushed us to winter forgot 
Oh, it's going to be that winter happens, <laughs> and that things happen like you have to set up a tarp so that way everyone doesn't get rained on, especially these expensive red cameras. Mm. Or hey, your lead is now sick mm. because it's thirty degrees outside, or or twenty or zero, and now we're going to be pushed back two days in production. Stuff like that happens, but sometimes you forget that. Um, that there can be negative so it's the balance brother and i guess like uh, another thing was a, a guidepost to acting from i learned in high school opposites right one of the yes. guys you know yeah. you can't appreciate a sunny day unless you've been through a stormy night yeah. so learn to appreciate those stormy nights motherfuckers exactly and the days they're, will be even sunnier yeah they're all part of it all right peace and there you have it a great conversation with eliza skinner in which we run the gamut of emotions, if you will. Um, we went hither and thither um, from, you know, family to, you know, jealousy to all that stuff. And uh, jealousy, uh, professional jealousy and whatnot, is actually the next topic where we have the return of my friend Ali Wong, and we'll be talking about jealousy. And um, there's a lot of overlap from this podcast to that podcast a lot of a lot of the same themes will be touched but of course in different ways because ali is a different person than eliza and we have a different relationship so the dynamic is different you know what i'm saying it's the subtle differences it's the subtle differences that make life slash this podcast worth living slash listening to oh jeez sometimes i need things <laughs> sometimes i need things that's a perfect way to describe what the hell I'm talking about. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to this episode, and uh, we will see you next week on Deep Shit. And now, for more weird theme songs I wrote on the iPad GarageBand app.